what was empowering for me was to actually embrace my spirituality and break away from that patriarchal and that religion. Um, and I think empowered means recognizing that there isn't some man, some white man in the sky looking at me, judging me, or deciding if I'm worthy. This is the Empowered Spirituality Podcast, the podcast about inclusive spirituality. Empowered Spirituality is all about connecting and aligning to your own higher self. All religions, spiritual practices and beliefs, sexual orientations, gender identities and expressions are welcomed and celebrated here. I am your host, Samantha Nagel, owner of and coach at Empowered Spirituality, LLC. Every Wednesday, I will share a guided meditation practice, and every Thursday, I will share inspirational teachings or interviews with people with different spiritual practices, beliefs, and opinions. Come every week with an open mind, taking what you like and leaving the rest. Welcome to Empowered Spirituality. This episode is sponsored by the Women of Color Summit. The Women of Color Summit is an equitable community organization focused on creating safe and inclusionary spaces for women and non-binary people of color to share stories and knowledge as well as to make impactful change. Currently, the Women of Color Summit has enrollment open for their 12-week group program, Deepening Your Spiritual Practices in Community. This is a container for folks looking to deepen their spiritual practice in a mindful, loving community. This will be a brave space for transformational self-care where you'll be seen and supported. They'll be exploring this connection to source and to community by using specific tools like meditation, ancestral work, breath work, lunar magic, tarot, and asana. There's going to be amazing guest facilitators, healers, mentors to continue to build this community and space. If you're interested in applying for this winter cohort to begin in mid-November, feel free to go to thewomanofcolorsummit.com to apply for the waitlist. You can also find the link in the Woman of Color Summit Instagram and you can apply there as well. I'm joined by Caddy. Caddy, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me here with you. I'm really excited to be chatting with you. I'm so excited to be chatting with you too. Can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Uh, yes, <laughs> I am a currently in full-time mom mode. So everything I do right now kind of evolves around being a mother um, to my three children. So that's been really fun and a huge like learning process for me. So I feel like to tell you about myself, um, yeah, I'm really embodying that mom right now. And also just learning to balance having other outlets, like being a creative entrepreneur as well. So I'm excited to talk about this topic because I feel like as a mom um, in this capitalist society, 
Uh, I can feel that. I can see how it shows up. So I'm a mom mm-hmm. learning to uh, really embrace owning my creativity and not being weighed down by feeling like I'm not doing enough. Right? Of, mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm just kind of chatting about all of that. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I love that you said you're embodying being a mom. And I, that's something that I don't know about because I don't have children. Um, but I know that I'm working a lot on embodying like kind of the motherly energy towards myself. And so I'm curious how that looks for you as you embody being a mother. I love that. Yeah. So I feel like it's great to hear that you're embodying that, you know, you don't have to be a mother to embody that. And I think that's what I've been learning as well, even though I'm a mom. And mm-hmm. um, what I've really learned with being a mother and embodying this current phase of my life is, you know, maybe in the past, I wasn't in a place where before I had kids, where I like had that mindset to sort of go there or to mother myself even. Um, So I'm sort of learning as I'm already a mom, but I love learning when I'm a mom and with my kids because I feel like they bring up so many things and parts of myself that are healing or maybe need healing. Mm. So something I, I really am exploring now and hear a lot of chatting about is like inner child work. So as a mom Mm. who's who's embracing inner child work, I notice like when I'm triggered as a mother or by my children and it's like, Mm. oh, like this is a part of me that I'm healing right now. So it's very insightful, but I mean, it's also, you know, really overwhelming and um, I just have so much new appreciation for what women and mothers do because even before I had kids, I would have thought like, oh yeah, I know, I get it. Like it's hard. I I value that. Um, and to a point, I did. But now, yeah, I'm really learning how how much work it is and how important it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like I've had to embrace this phase. And why I say like I'm embodying this is because in this society as well, it's so easy to feel distracted with everything else that's going on and this race and desire to really like show up and it's like look at my portfolio look at what I've achieved and when you're in this mom phase and you're really giving this your all like yeah you can still do other things but you do feel that pressure of like I'm not keeping up or like, what do I have to show for myself other than the fact that I fed everybody and cleaned and all of these essential things that are so important. (laughs) So I'm really just learning to value it in a whole new way and um, appreciate it. Yeah. And I know that you mentioned um, feeling like you're not productive enough and working with that as it relates to being a mother and just a person in Mm -hmm. a capitalistic society. But I feel like that really is so felt even strongly by mothers because either you're not doing enough as a mom or you're not doing enough as like a, like a person in the capitalistic world. Like a worker. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I heard this saying and it was, gosh, I wish I remembered. It was a couple years ago, but it was, I'll, I'll send you and I figure it out. 
but basically said, you know, when you are wearing your mom hat and you're in mom mode, it's so easy to feel like you should be working mm. and think about all of your work, whether you work for yourself or a company. And then when you're at work, you feel all this guilt because you're a mom. Why are you at work anyways, mm. right? Like, shouldn't you be at home? So it's mm-hmm. just this weird balance of all of these shoulds and yeah. feeling pulled in so many directions and sometimes just feeling like because there's not a lot of pats on the back and you don't get a paycheck as a mom mm-hmm. um and then it, I imagine like you know for me trying to work on this side it's just you end up sort of feeling like you're not really accomplishing anything so yeah. I feel like what I'm learning is to ask myself, like, what do I value? Like the capitalist mindset values producing things and mm-hmm. um, accomplishing these tasks. But like, what do I value? And right now I still value those things, but it mm-hmm. just looks differently for me. And I also value, you know, giving my kids what they deserve. So Um, a lot of the times, yeah, I just, I have felt frustrated and angry. Like I'm working so hard, but I'm not accomplishing anything or I'm working so hard, but it's Mm. not really seen as work. It's expected of me. Mm. So I've had to really like step back as well from media and popular things just in my own way to just be like, how am I going to get clear on what's important to me? Because being in the world and being in this capital society, sometimes, you know, we're taught to put our worth on these outside things and what we achieve, like our productivity equals our worth. Mm -hmm. So it is hard to feel a lot of worth sometimes when you are so tired and you're just cleaning and cooking Mm -hmm. and all this. And I think the pandemic has brought a lot of people to start looking at this topic as well and how it affects all of our lives, all of us. Yeah. Um, Wow. Thank you. I know that so many people are going to feel so seen by your vulnerability. So I just want you to know, it's very appreciated that you're being so open. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. And I know like, I'm not, I really do believe like I'm not alone in feeling this way. Mm -mm. And so just to talk (laughs) a little more about my experience my experience is kind of just what I base things on like it's my where I share from and so um having an older son because there's a gap between my kids my son is 10 Mm -hmm. years old and my daughters are four and my other daughter just turned three in July Mm -hmm. so they're 15 months apart so I I sort of had a became a mom and then got to go back to work and then sort of felt like I became a mom again with the girls And that's when I started to really realize like, okay, I'm in this great relationship. I have my family, like, this is what I want, but wow, I feel so frustrated and so angry and like unseen and I'm working so hard, but, but really feeling like, yeah, there's other than, you know, you know, that it's needed and you know, your family appreciates it you don't go on Instagram or on TV and see people like, look at these hardworking moms, look what Mm. they achieved today. And it sounds silly to say that, but Mm. you know, you kind of do look outside, like what is everybody else going through? And I had so many conversations with my husband when my girls were, you know, babies and they're still babies, but when they were like new babies, just feeling like, 
I am so happy. I love being a mom, but wow. Like I also feel so unworthy of all these other things Mm -hmm. because I don't have time right now to do one-on-one coaching with clients. I don't have time right now to dedicate to writing my book. Like, so if I don't have these outside things that people can be like, oh, look what she's achieved. Oh, she teaches yoga and meditation. Like, oh, like Mm -hmm. if they only see me as this tired mom, um, who am I? And so there is a point, at least for me, where I had to be like, I'm still worthy. Like I'm still just as good as people who have jobs and who have jobs and are a mom. Um, But there's not really a lot of outside validation for that. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like we're shifting, you know, but right now it is a place where you do feel super frustrated and angry and if you don't have enough time to do all these things that everyone is saying we should be doing. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned feeling unworthy because even though you're doing all this really hard work and important work, like raising three souls to be human beings in our world, like that's very important, but right. you're not paid for it. You're not getting the uh, outside validation that other things get. So what was that journey of feeling worthy like for you? I'm definitely still like on that journey and um, still learning so much. And I feel like some of the things I've done, like I said, just sort of disconnecting to some degree from Um, like what's trending and what's popular and maybe like unfollowing or muting other people online Mm -hmm. who I felt like when I saw their work if it made me feel like I was being left behind Um, and even if I still support the work like if I start to feel left behind because I'm over here you know breastfeeding my daughter and changing dirty diapers all day like I I don't necessarily want to see that on my feed. So I've really just been learning as I go, like what feels good, what feels like too much. And in that process, there are times where you're also questioning, like, am I allowed to feel this way? Is this, and I feel like sometimes it does, like talking about it with other people. It's so funny because as you said, the work is important, like raising human beings and these souls and these people who are going to be our future, like is so important. So why am I feeling like it's not very important? And it's, I think, because there has to be that point where you're like, look, I can't look outside of myself anymore to realize like how important this is other people, or maybe the certain groups aren't talking about how important this is. Um, So like I said, I'm still on that journey and kind of figure it out as I go. Um, And recently as I have explored the internalized capitalism and this patriarchal society and how it shows up in my life, I've realized Mm -hmm. the areas that I feel stressed, the areas that I feel anxiety, have a lot to do with these systems. So why do I feel anxiety? Because I'm not on Instagram every day, posting a photo and gaining all these new followers. So when I say that, I'm like, that's ridiculous. 
That's ridiculous. So why do I feel anxiety about it though? Like what, why does this feel so important? And especially during the pandemic when so many people lost their jobs and therefore lost their identities. Mm, Because now what are you worth? Because your position has just been like temporarily erased or maybe permanently erased. So for me during the pandemic, um, I already was kind of used to just being in mom mode, but I had started teaching yoga again and I was starting to feel like I was getting that outside, like this is who I am outside of being a mom and then having to really just be at home and realize that these other things really, when I look back at my life are not going to be so important. Um, everything that's important is here right now. And I maybe just need to look at my priorities and also ask myself, why am I feeling this pressure? Why am I feeling this pressure to show up or to prove myself or to have my productivity equate to my worth? It's been really a big unraveling of realizing that a lot of my worth was related to like what I could do if I could take care of other people or do this job that I was getting paid to do and and also what I realized during the pandemic is how guilty that we feel for resting and for not working so whether we're not working by choice or because we lost our job or because we physically are sick and now we can't um just realizing like it's so uncomfortable to rest so that's what I've been exploring as well is learning how to rest again Mm -hmm. because in a capital society we feel guilty for resting and it's also seen as unproductive and a sin and we could be called lazy and if Mm -hmm. we are so used to feeling like well our worth is how much we produce like how insulting for us to feel that way of course we're not going to rest Right, of course. Because we don't want to be like our value to go down. Mm. Can you, we're talking so much about internalized capitalism and I feel like it's pretty clear from what we're talking about what that looks like, but can you maybe explain that to our listeners? Can you repeat that one more time? Because it kind of, sure. can I explain what thing to them? It mm, what just is- that word. That's okay um, about what internalized capitalism is or what that looks like. Okay, definitely. So it's basically just this idea that our self-worth is directly linked to our productivity. So really in a nutshell, how much can we produce? What do we have to show for ourselves? And even as a kid, like, did you ever hear that? Like, well, what do you have to show for yourself? What will you have to show for yourself? you won't have anything to show for yourself. So it's really just this idea that our self-worth is directly linked to our productivity. So that's why, as I was saying, we can feel so bad about resting because that's the opposite. Yeah, and how did you, thank you. And how did you um, embody rest and find your relationship with rest again? I feel like I really started to explore rest um, on a deeper level, definitely in 2020 and during the pandemic, um, especially with, we live in San Diego and California was super strict. So 
it also made me realize all the ways we can distract ourselves from resting. There's so many other Mm -hmm. things we can do instead of resting. So when a lot of that was taken away and uh, we're forced to sort of slow down, for me, there was definitely a lot of times where it was uncomfortable and I was feeling uncomfortable and I was feeling very aware of how little I was doing outside of all of the things that it takes to run a household with five people, you know, other than all of that, (laughs) just feeling um, super aware of what was happening and what wasn't. And I started by talking to people about it and talking more just to people in my circle about how uncomfortable it is to not have a lot to do. And also just sort of noticing how physically tired my body was. So when I really did just stop doing a lot of things and take some deep breaths and practice that yoga and like tune in to my physical body, I did become aware of how tired I felt as well and just started to feel I sort of had let go of some of the things, as I said, that had been distracting me. It made it easier to tune into my body and it made it easier to notice that my body was talking to me like, you're tired, like, please rest. And what I started to do was practice some guided meditation again during the day, just like in the middle of the day to give myself a reason to lay down and very much so this past year practiced self-study and just looking at myself and Mm -hmm. self-reflection and self-awareness and in yoga we call it svadhyaya where I just really like would notice things and practice not judging myself but just really looking at like why do I feel like I don't deserve to rest right now and it's funny, I had some, you know, I had some memories and maybe some reasons specifically of why I thought I felt uncomfortable about resting. Overall, I realized it's just a society. But I do remember, you know, even as a kid, just feeling bad for, you know, being lazy as what it was called. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you cleaning? You need to clean. Did you do your schoolwork? Mm-hmm. Um So it really goes back all the way as a child of just feeling this pressure of like to prove myself, I guess, with just being productive. I don't even know productive for what. So I really had a lot of awareness of like how I grew up in this society. And, you know, like before dad gets home from work, everybody clean the house, get your homework done. And even being just super young, I remember waking up in the morning it's like whenever the sun would rise, I'd start to see the sun through the window. I would wake up. Everybody would still be asleep in my house, but I would feel all this anxiety. Like mm. I have stuff to do. Like I have to, and I don't even know what I thought I had to do, but just waking up already so young, feeling like that anxiety about proving our work yeah. and being productive, really. Yeah. Would you say that you think internalized capitalism often leads to anxiety? I mean, I don't know if 
like I guess I would say how could it not but like I don't know mm. I I know that when I have these conversations with other women and mm-hmm. with a like community a virtual community that I'm a part of uh it seems like anxiety is something that we all could connect back to these systems yeah. so I mean I don't like I said, I can't say for sure, but just with what I've been talking about with other people, anxiety is a huge element. So in a group that I'm a part of, we actually asked the question, how does a capitalistic mindset show up or manifest in your life mm-hmm. and or in your body? And anxiety was something a lot of people said, just feeling this anxiety and this pressure to produce or perform um, toxic productivity. So always being productive, never resting, exactly what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Needing that outward approval is something that a lot of people brought up. Self-criticism, um, which relates to perfectionism, like it's not good enough or you're not good enough, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling guilty and avoiding rest. Constant, so some of the people and things we shared was like constant house cleaning, just like, yeah. okay, there's stuff to do. And it's a great distraction from your work as well, <laughs> constant house cleaning. Right. Um, but the other ways capitalist mind, capitalistic mindset showed up was this kind of devaluing staying home, parenthood, motherhood, devaluing mm-hmm. or not taking vacations or not using vacation time. So as I said, toxic productivity and anxiety were really talked about um, a lot in that group Mm. what a beautiful space that you were in where you were sorry (laughs) stumbled on my words where so many of you could share your experiences and you're able to see the overlap and start to connect it back to the systems that we live in and I'd really love you touched a little bit on the patriarchy when you were kind of doing your intro to capitalism. Um, And I was wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit about that. And I feel like one thing that maybe people get confused about is when we talk about the patriarchy being harmful, people think that perhaps that means we're anti-men. And I know that's not true. So I'd love to hear how you view the patriarchy. For sure. I love that you brought that up because Uh, sometimes my mind doesn't even go there, but it's like so important that we clarify that. Right. Um, And, you know, years ago, this was clarified for me. And so in the same way, a patriarchal society, patriarchy, it's basically, and I just had the definition up on my computer and I wish I still did. Um, Okay. But it's, you know, paternal, it's the man, you know, ancestry, genealogy, whatever, royalty was all traced through the patriarchy. So there's a patriarch, which is a man, and the matriarch, which is the woman. A patriarchal society is basically, there's an imbalance. So if you imagine scales or teeter-totter, instead of having patriarchy, matriarchy, imbalance, the patriarchy is, you know, at the top, matriarchy is not equal. And I just remember hearing this conversation that said basically like, when we talk about the patriarchy or a patriarchal society, that does not equal or equate to devaluing men or 
masculinity or that we think that women are better. We want to balance the skills. So rather than living in a patriarchy, we're not trying to go from a patriarchy to the other extreme of a matriarchy. We just need to get this idea across that like extremes aren't good in any way. So when someone's talking about the patriarchy, that's a huge trigger word for people. And I've noticed people will just stop listening or they'll wait for their turn to talk to like give this argument when it's like, there's no argument. We were calling for equality. Let's value all of this. Let's value everybody. And there's aspects in a patriarchy that are different from a matriarchy. So it's just really about balance. Like there's good things from both. There's, mm. there's benefits of both. But as I said, being extreme in anything, I've never found that that's beneficial. So really, I think we're just calling attention and awareness to the fact that things right now are out of balance and we need to find that balance. Are you ready to dive deep into your desires, your thoughts, and your fears? Do you want to heal the body while also healing the mind? Are you tired of being seen as symptoms rather than a whole person? If this sounds like you, join me in holistic health coaching. I use a blend of the seen and the unseen, the scientific and the spiritual, the practical with the mystical to help you find healing. Through my work, I blend my practical knowledge and experience in mental health and addiction counseling, assessments, and health coaching with spirituality, ritual, embodiment, and going within. I am not a healer, but rather I am the catalyst that will help you ground and access your innate wisdom as we embark on your healing journey together. A coaching session with me may incorporate embodiment techniques, guided meditation, listening and learning from each other, meeting inner archetypes, assessing attachment styles, utilizing mindfulness, assessing health and lifestyle, incorporating mental health tools, and much more. Go to empoweredspirituality.online to claim your free consultation today. Thank you. I love the idea of the scales and you're, you're not trying to go from this is at the top to this is at the top. You're just saying they should both be in the middle, giving each other give and take and supporting each other. I think that's really important. Yeah. And there's value to both. Mm. They're different. There's value. And yeah, like we, we, if we ignore the value from one and we only, you know, we're missing out on things is the point. Mm, yes. And you talked about how patriarchy can show up in a negative way in our in our minds, in our lives, and how we interact with others. And so I'm interested in kind of maybe the internalized patriarchy, I guess. Definitely. So with the patriarchy and really a capitalistic mindset and patriarchal society, this is all 
connected, you know, in one way or another. And for me in my life, I really had to get to this space where I realize, first of all, like, I really respect like the process. I have been the person who was like, what the patriarchy? Like, what does that mean? Like, we mm -hmm. all need to be willing to ask questions. Yeah. And those questions have led me to where I am now, where now I'm like, oh, wow. So when I look back on my life, it's very clear to me where I can see the influence of patriarchal mindset. I grew up in mm -hmm. a patriarchal dominant religion. And as much as in that religion, they love to say, um, men and women are equal or, or we value women because, you know, it, it got brought up a, a few times. It wasn't popular to talk about that, but it did get brought up. And whenever mm -hmm. it would, it was always, you know, oh, well, we do value women and we need you in this, but it always traced back to like what they needed us for. And, mm -hmm. you know, like we were responsible for, so in this religion, any positions that were considered higher up positions or positions in the religion that, you know, would have been at the top were all filled by men. And actually women were not allowed to fill these positions. And mm -hmm. as far as I know, they're still not. Um, we would get reminded of how much they needed us and our worth when they needed us to assist with like the childcare and the nursery and the mm -hmm. singing time for the kids and the meals for the parties that we would have. And if somebody, you know, was sick in the church, like the women were responsible for bringing them food and these things. And it's fine. And there's many women who love that. Right. But again, it's, it's just this system where it's like, this is how it is. And if you don't fit into this system, that's a problem. And there's a lot of people who don't fit into these systems. And with a patriarchal mindset, I just remember, you know, growing up, there was just these ideas that I'll just, you know, like, well, the, the husband has the final say or the man has the final say. Right. Um, they kind of always had like the final approval. As I said, you know, women had responsibilities, but they really related to like the same at, that they would at home, you know, cooking, mm -hmm. meaning traditional like feminine roles. Mm -hmm. So when I started to realize like, these are the systems that shaped me. This is what helped create the way that I like think and view the world. Yeah. Um, a lot of this has been realized, like, as I'm just living my life, like now that I'm a mom or now that I'm married again, and luckily mm -hmm. I have a great husband and he really is my partner where we mm -hmm. have together been able to address a lot of these things mm -hmm. and recognize like the patriarchy in me and the patriarchy in him or the capitalist mm -hmm. mindset in him or in me. And we've had so many conversations, especially in the beginning of who is going to take care of the kids, who's going to work. And if I do take care of the kids, are you also going to help around the house and really have to like agree that 
we are a team and we fulfill both roles. Like my husband and I work great together. We both Mm -hmm. are responsible for cooking. We both are responsible for cleaning. And I'm just grateful for a partner who understands like, this might be how we grew up. We both grew up in very patriarchal dominant households. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of learning together, like what isn't working and how can we shift this to work? Mm -hmm. Because also we realize like we are teaching our kids, this future generation, um, what is gonna work. So we're really working and excited to just have this idea that like, they are going to hopefully have a better head start on some of these things and not be as affected by the systems and hopefully be people that are able to find and create new ways of being that work for all of us. Like community Mm -hmm. care is our families, like something we talk about all the time because with a capitalist, with a patriarchal society, it is very individualistic it's rooted in Mm. white supremacy it's self-focused so we are working with our family and with ourselves to just have this new approach of like community care Mm. and when we care for our community and when we work together and we are collective that's when we can shift away from these systems by starting to talk Mm. about them and identify them and live and find new ways that work for all of us and not just some of us, because Mm. these systems only work for some of us. Right, and and even on that, I was gonna say it works really well for half of us, but then I was gonna, I thought, no, patriarchy also hurts men too, because it means that they have to be in these like traditional, very masculine roles. And I think, something that's lost when people assume things about our criticisms of the patriarchy is that it only benefits women to change, but it also benefits Mm. men to change as well. Oh, yeah, that's really, that's so true. And I definitely can feel like how that's shown up for us. And Mm. yeah, it's absolutely true. Especially once again, when we, when we started having when we got married and we had our girls, you know, mm-hmm. and our relationship evolved and now we're, we were raising my son at the time. And now our, you know, my husband is adopting him. When mm-hmm. we we're raising our son, we sort of felt like parents together. And then when we had the babies, um, our relationship evolved again. And to just have these new babies, they're 15 months apart and to be so like, in parent mode it was very obvious to us how this isn't working and with the amount of time that the men get off from work versus the women yeah um when there's a baby and you know if the men get any time at all many men don't get any time off at all my husband was blessed so with our with our first baby girl we just missed the cutoff by, I think, one month where uh, he didn't get, he only got two or three weeks. But then when mm-hmm. we had our second baby, the company he works for had just changed and now he was able to get three months off. Uh, we were so grateful for that three months. 
because it still wasn't equal to what the women get, but we're like, this is a start. Like people, you know, it's being recognized that this is, it's not equal. It's not fair. It doesn't make sense. It's not supportive. And after you have a baby, you need help more than one or two weeks worth. So you really could see these systems and how they really aren't beneficial for, for people. And it was able to give us a space to have these conversations. And, and my husband knows how much I value him. And I know how much he values me. And we mm-hmm. both know how hard it is to be a parent. And it, there's that, you know, that old saying, like, it takes a village. And in this mm-hmm. individualistic internalized capitalism, white supremacy in these systems. Like we don't have that village. We don't have that community Mm -hmm. falls heavy on the new mom and the husband who's trying to help. Um, So that Mm -hmm. it takes a village once again, like when we had community care, we had so Mm -hmm. much more support. And so hopefully we can have the conversations about why this individualistic society isn't working, but also like how great it could be. Um, I don't want to quote it wrong, but I believe it was the beloved community. I almost said the beautiful community, but I think it's the beloved community and I'll send you an email to confirm, but this was just a post I saw during the pandemic where it really talked mm-hmm. about community and community care and it also addressed um, the racism that we were realizing in 2020 Mm -hmm. and it really kind of just gave this hope I felt like this isn't a new idea or anything but it was new to me Um, Mm -hmm. just to feel like there's so many other things we could be working towards and when we do break away from the patriarchy and the capitalistic and the white supremacy ideology of how we are living in these systems, when we can start to shift out of that, uh, we'll also be able to start dealing with our planet because right now Mm -hmm. we are very capitalistic towards our planet. We're raping our planet of all her resources Mm -hmm. and we don't even have time to wait for people to start paying attention to this, but you know, I guess what we can do is keep talking about it and just hope that we're shifting towards this better place for our planet, for us, for our people, for all humans. And I, yeah, I hope that that's something I get to see a little bit of while I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. And before I, I go into the final four questions, I would you touched a little bit about, about the patriarchy and religions. And I know that you saw that in the systems in the church and how women are valued differently than men. Um, but then also how we view God as like the master man <laughs> that we should all love but be afraid of. Um, and so I'm curious if you have any advice for people who are moving out of a religion where they felt you know, just not good <laughs> and moving into their own form of spirituality. Like, yeah, how can someone embody that for themselves? I feel like, ooh, I hope <laughs> I give a 
That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I definitely feel like, and I don't know, I think awareness is key, as we say, and awareness is so important more mm -hmm. than we realize. So I feel like just being aware that something's not working for you, being aware that maybe it's not working for a lot of people. Um, and when you recognize and you're aware of that, and that's such a huge step. And I mean, honestly, when it comes to breaking away from religion, um, I guess I can only speak, you know, from my experience, my religion was such a huge part of my life growing mm. up. It was so, it was such a huge piece. It was a cornerstone of my life. My, my whole life, my religion was a huge piece of the pie. So I, it's so interesting to look because I don't really feel like it was a very clear process. I feel mm -hmm. that there was so many cracks that I saw. And I just, once again, I just had this awareness like, oh, that happened. That mm -hmm. doesn't feel true. Okay. I'm taking a mental note. Oh, this happened. Like, why is that? And I asked a lot of questions and I really didn't get a lot of good answers, but I just got to the point where it's like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, but like, I just don't feel good about this. So mm. I kind of to circle back around from the beginning. It's like, well, what do I value? What is important to me? And as soon as like my religion also starts to be very vocal about voting against gay rights and these things mm. that were so huge during my younger life, like just being able to see things for how they really are and just not being attached to the outcome. And that's easy for me to say because I've been through so many things that brought me to my knees. But mm -hmm. when you are leaving a religion or a patriarchal religion or when you are recognizing capitalism, um, give yourself that grace and just be strong in how you feel. Just keep coming back to how you feel because it's going to be really easy to just have all these shoulds. But when you yeah. start to connect with your body and what feels good, um, I just started to follow that. And before I knew it, I was, you know, pretty spaced away from this religion that had played a huge part of my life. It was mm -hmm. definitely an interesting process to break away from it. But staying close to what felt true and paying attention to my body, which for me tells me like what feels true when I'm connected to my body. It's so much easier to make these choices that can be really hard mm. um, and just trusting. And it's really hard to trust, but the more you practice like, okay, I'm just gonna, just gonna do it. Like it gets easier and finding support of other people that maybe have left the same religion that you have or, mm. um, you know, just having people to talk to, having that community, find a new community. For me, my new community that replaced church was yoga, my yoga community. Mm. And, you know, that's evolved as well now. <laughs> the yoga community yeah. has evolved and I've evolved from that. But finding that community so that you don't feel like you're doing it by yourself. Mm. You have that support. Yeah.
Thank you for such a thoughtful answer. I could tell at first you were like, oh boy, that's a big question, but you gave it so much beautiful thought. And I feel like what you said was so helpful of really listening to your body and going with what your gut and your body tells you to do is so important. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that answer offered a little bit of help because I feel like there's so much to say about that, but, but that's yeah, definitely the first thing I think. And yeah, it's hard to learn to trust yourself and it's hard to trust your body when we've been told for so long, like that we're mm-hmm. wrong, especially as women, you know, we're wrong. Our intuition is wrong. Mm-hmm. How we feel is wrong. So it's very layered. And I think there's mm-hmm. so much to that answer. I would love to talk about this more be able to unravel that a little deeper because I feel like it's a lot oh boy yeah oh boy is it (laughs) um I'm gonna go ahead and ask you our last four questions as we get close to the top of the hour um so the first one is what would you tell your younger self knowing all that you know today I feel like something there's probably so many things but a couple of things that (laughs) came to mind especially for this topic is just like to just slow down, it's not a race. And I'm gonna get there when I meant to. I feel that I I always felt like I was being left behind um, in whatever way and just felt so much pressure, so much pressure on myself to like perform and achieve. And I could see what everybody else was doing. And I just felt like I wasn't doing anything or enough. So just telling myself that I am enough, I'm doing enough to slow down. And like, it doesn't matter because it's going to happen when it's supposed to. Mm, Yes. Thank you. And what do you hope to learn from your future self? That I actually really did do a good job (laughs) and that I actually did shift and hopefully derail the generational trauma and cycles that I come from. Mm. I come from a long line of colonizers and patriarchal souls. And I, there's so many things that I want to break away from for my kids. So mm. just to learn that like whatever I did helped I made a difference in breaking free from that long line of shit. (laughs) Oh, thank you. What a beautiful answer. And what I love about these questions are you are telling that to your younger self and you are hearing that from a part of you. So it's always so beautiful to me. These are great questions. You are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You are amazing. Um, I want to ask how you connect with your higher self as well. Okay, so I think I want to give some answers that are a little different than Mm. what I might normally go to because I definitely would say like meditation for sure. But some fun things that I, if we're talking about inner child and child work, um, Mm. definitely listening to music and singing loud and like dancing you know, in my house with my kids and also journaling. Like when I, when I write, when I journal, I feel so tapped in and connected. And I, I do feel that flow. Um, 
coming yeah. through. Mm, I love, and of course, meditation is so important and we do connect to that part of ourselves, but I love that you went with something that's just like fun and not so serious. Just and I think journaling and for me, yeah, journaling for me is a form of meditation because I, I'm like channeling, I feel like, I guess it's different than meditation. And, you know, I love to talk about other forms, you know, we could be meditating when we're doing the dishes. So mm. meditation can look different. And maybe when we're feeling in that flow of singing or dancing, maybe that's, maybe that's some way of meditation. I don't know. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And the last question is, what does empowered spirituality mean to you? For me, I feel like, I love the way that you phrase that, by the way, empowered spirituality. Mm -hmm. I feel like what was empowering for me was to actually embrace my spirituality and break away from that patriarchal and that religion. Um, and I think empowered means recognizing that there isn't some man, some white man in the sky looking at me, judging me or deciding if I'm worthy. It's I am connected to source mm -hmm. and to have that for me being empowered is to recognize that we all are we're all connected to each other. We're all connected to source. And because I'm a yoga teacher, I am just gonna say for me, this means recognizing that spirituality and being empowered is like for everybody. Yoga is for everybody. Meditation is for everybody. And if it's empowering for me, I feel like it has to be empowering us mm. and this is just coming from a place I guess because I feel recently especially in 2020 with yoga and spirituality it has really become we're talking about capitalism and patriarchy yoga and spirituality have become really colonized in the U.S. so for mm. me empowered spirit spirituality is like decolonizing spirituality, decolonizing yoga, decolonizing meditation and bringing this to everybody. It's not a privilege. This is a right that we all have access to. I love that. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you'd like to add that we weren't able to touch on before we go? Um, I'm just so grateful that you asked me to come on here and this has been such a joy and pleasure um and I guess I would just say you know to anyone listening like just start because that's something that you won't hear in this capitalistic society or patriarchy you'll be waiting and waiting and waiting till you're perfect so just start doing what yeah. you feel called to do because even if you mess up you're there, you're going there, you're going to be taking the steps and it'll all unfold. So just go for it. Mm, I love that. And where can people find you and how can people, I know that you're a yoga meditation teacher and you have a podcast. So definitely I'm in this little phase of, uh, I took a little bit of time off to sort of reevaluate and 
I've recently started to live seasonally, something I'm doing to sort of break away from this capitalistic system. Mm. So with, with living seasonally, I did give myself a little break from my podcast, but actually um, <clears throat> I'm redoing my website and I'm going to be starting a season two coming up. So I have a lot of exciting things kind of like in the works right now. And I'm just going to be honest. It's funny because there's this balance of I'm, I'm so excited, but I still feel that like pressure of I should already have it done because I live in this capitalistic system. <laughs> I feel like it should be done. But yes. um, my website right now is catbjames.com. Um, we'll put it in the show notes, I'm sure. But I'm sort of revamping that. I'm actually going to be uploading some pre-recorded meditations that folks can access and um, sort of taking it slow on this, putting myself out there in the world, but I do feel excited to be back with a season two and to be adding content to my website. I've sort of been behind the scenes. I'm really trying to finish my book right now. So um, it's been a practice to not feel so pressured to perform and produce because a lot of what I'm producing right now was so personal behind the scenes, but I can't wait to share it with people and hopefully, you know, coming soon, I'll have some really fun stuff that I can be proud to put out there. Ooh, awesome. And I love that you said that you're uh, living seasonally. That's so important. I love that. It's been great. <laughs> we'll have to do another episode just about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a treat to hear from you and to hear your vulnerability and to thank hear your you story. As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today.